This is the Fertile Mindset Podcast, where we explore all the emotional aspects of fertility to support you on your path to parenthood. My name is Sarah Holland. I'm the Fertile Mindset Coach and a mother to two children after my own fertility challenges. I hope you find all the support and inspiration you need within this podcast to carry you forward on your fertility journey towards your own successful outcome. It's also my wish that through listening to these episodes, you rediscover how to enjoy life now and live it to the full while you wait for your baby. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Fertile Mindset Podcast. Today, I'm sharing a chat that I had with Nicola Salmon from Fat Positive Fertility. Nicola is doing amazing and much needed work supporting people as they navigate getting pregnant and seeking fertility treatment in a weight obsessed world. She's the author of the popular book Fat and Fertile and she uses her unique fat positive framework to support people in finding their own version of health without diets, advocating for their bodies, relearning how to trust their body and believing in their ability to get pregnant. In this conversation, we also talk about our mutual love of the technique EFT and how she used it herself and now how she uses it in her coaching. Nicola is joining me also at the Fertility Stress Solution Summit, which starts next week on the 1st of February. So do join us there too to hear more from Nicola and to take part in her amazing tapping too. I hope that you enjoy listening to our chat. Hello, Nicola. Welcome to my podcast. It's really lovely to have you here. How are you today? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for inviting me, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here with you. Yeah, it's going to be a lovely conversation that we're going to have and not our first conversation because we are, well, we've spoken many times, haven't we, in the mm-hmm. past, but we're, we're also speaking at my upcoming summit, the Fertility Stress Solution Summit, which I'm sure we're going to mention within this conversation as well. So that's another opportunity if you like hearing what Nicola is speaking about, if it's speaking to you and you'd like further support, all of that is going to be in the summit coming up shortly, starting 1st of Feb. But let's talk about why we're here today, Nicola, and what we want to talk about, because you support um, a section of the fertility community who are often very underrepresented, should we say, Mm. and and not heard and not listened to. And a lot of their experience, I find, is minimized, you know, when Mm. we start talking about in terms of BMIs and numbers and targets to lose weight and things in order to access treatment. It's it's quite cold and clinical, isn't it, and doesn't really touch on the human side so I'd really love to to hear from you and and hear about how you got into this work as well you know what what drew you to this and and what was it like to start speaking up um for people how how, yeah tell us all about it yeah so I mean for me I have always been drawn to uh fertility to hormones because I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome when I was 16 and told you'll never be able to get pregnant, you're going to really struggle. So I kind of anticipated that, that things were going to be really hard for me in my when I wanted to start a family. Um, So that's I think why I was drawn to initially, like I I came into this work as an acupuncturist. um, And that's why I was drawn to EFT, because obviously, they work on the same points. And um, yeah, like for me, the the doctor told me that losing weight would cure my PCOS, um, which it, it didn't and doesn't. But so that kind of, again, like sent me on this journey of, of trying to change my body shape to, to what I thought was supporting my health. But actually what it did was just led to a, like a lifetime of disordered eating, 
of binge eating, of a really problematic relationship with food. And in the end, what happened was that I didn't lose the weight because dieting doesn't really help you lose weight. There's no evidence to support Mm. long-term weight loss for folks. And it just left me with a really, really broken relationship with my body. And when I was about to start trying to get pregnant, I thought that I had to go in and yet another diet because I thought I would never be able to get pregnant at my current size. Um, and I was gearing myself up for that battle, that challenge, that yet again, this next thing that I had to try and do. But um, as luck would have it, we got pregnant really easily, even though I had 100 plus day cycles, even though I was in a bigger body. And that's really what planted the seed for me of like, well, if it was so easy for me, like why why did the doctor tell me that? And why, why do folks in bigger bodies struggle or are told that they're going to struggle? So that kind of was the seed that kind of led me to eventually training to be a coach. And eventually, once I'd started to recover from my own disordered eating and my own problems around food, um, realizing that I could support others with it as well. Mm. Gosh, it sounds like lots of seeds were planted there. Mm. And one of them, yeah, towards against that kind of generalizing that everyone who is a certain way who is a certain weight will have these problems and you know you immediately saw that that was that wasn't the case for you and if it's not the case for you then it's not necessarily for everyone I think there's a lot of generalizing that goes on in health in general isn't there and among Mm -hmm. people in general you know presuming that that things are a certain way because of what you see and and but yeah, we're all so unique, aren't we? And I think that's something that our fertility journeys, where whatever route they take, teaches us that we really need to come back to ourselves and what we know about ourselves and learn more about us individually rather than these blanket terms of you need to be a certain weight, certain BMI, certain age, you know, whatever bracket mm. it is. And that means something definite because we we know it really doesn't. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much to be said for you know, really understanding that your lived experience of whatever you're managing, whatever, um, you know, conditions or um, oppressions or marginalizations, whatever you are dealing with, like your lived experience is so valid. And you are the only one living in your body experiencing the world the way that you do. And Mm. as much as doctors can tell you this and tell you that, like, your opinion and your your voice around what you want to do with your health and well-being is the most important one when it comes to navigating you know fertility treatments or tests or you know whatever health concerns that you have and want to explore Mm. gosh it's so important to remember isn't it and Mm. we're not saying that we should all go out and choose our own fertility treatment because we're not you know IVF doctors here we don't oh we can't we need the expertise we absolutely need the expertise but we don't want to lose like you said, our own voice, our own knowledge of what's really important to us along the way. And of course, as you know, we're not going to dive into all the facts here in this Mm. podcast about weight and and treatments and and that kind of thing. But I'm very interested in the experience of anyone on a fertility journey and and what it's doing to them as a person, you know, Mm. Um, you know, you touched on there that that losing weight really is never straightforward. And most people who are seen to be overweight weight have had a lifetime of dieting and different Mm -hmm. approaches that may have just led to more weight gain so we know it's not the answer you know to to just follow these steps and you know all magic will will happen yeah exactly so so yeah I think when someone comes into a fertility journey when they're feeling really vulnerable anyway and having to go to the doctor and say look I need some help and and please support me in becoming a parent um 
that yeah, to, to suddenly to have weight added into that as well will bring back old hurts and and mm. and beliefs about ourselves and yeah what, what's going on because I, I know that people are listening right now who can relate to things you're saying and, and want to be heard and understood so what do you see in all the people that you've spoken to and your mm. own experience of of going into that doctor's office and asking for help when you're in a bigger body what's that like so I think the biggest fear and the biggest worry that most folks have is that feeling of being judged and being shamed like mm. so many people when they go to their doctors whether that's to do with fertility or any other health condition they have probably had experiences in their past where they've been told to lose weight they've been judged they've been made to feel like they make bad choices or that they um, don't have any motivation or that they're greedy and all these other words that we associate for folks in bigger bodies and what that really does is the doctor's saying really when it comes to the essence of it is like this is your responsibility this is your fault because you haven't been able to quote unquote manage your weight so a lot of people will first of all put off those kind of doctor's appointments because of that fear of being judged and shamed and you know the impact that that has on their stress levels is huge even before they get into that appointment um, and when they finally get there it's often the case that doctors will not help them will not support them and will tell them that it's their fault in kind of sometimes nice ways, sometimes not so nice ways. Um, but they go away from that appointment feeling like it's all their fault that they can't get pregnant. Like, And they often feel that there's nothing that they can do because they've tried weight loss before and it hasn't worked for them. And um, it just feels like this never ending cycle of trying something and it not working and then feeling like it's their fault that they failed when in actual fact, they're just doing the best that they can and we just don't have the tools to support them in doing what the doctor's telling them to do so it's it's a really really vicious cycle of shame of judgment of you know this impacting stress levels and yeah just this never-ending circle mm. and that's a really hard place to be mm. when you're trying to conceive and you're already having fertility issues to to even you know, we all believe, don't we, that well, my body is broken, something yeah. is going wrong here, I must have done something wrong, or I'm not doing mm -hmm. something right. And then to have it affirmed even stronger, even just by a, like you say, a, a look or a, a tone yeah. and voice or the way some information is delivered, you know, it, it wouldn't take much really, would it, to kind of add more evidence to this mm -hmm. is my fault. And it's, yeah, it's a hard place to be when you've got to then keep taking one step after another, moving forward. Mm -hmm doing things to, to optimize your fertility to give yourself a chance of conceiving you know that's it's a hard place to be in isn't it how can we support people who are struggling in that way and what do they need really in that moment you've said you know it can depend on the caregiver and how understanding and empathic they are but that's not always in our control is it who we see no. in the clinic I think that one of the most important things to realize is that you there's no reason to believe that your weight is impacting this at all there's no when you look into the evidence the evidence is quite sparse and actually what happens for most folks is as soon as they hear that that it's their weight then they in, immediately go down that route of okay well how can I lose this weight the quickest and that often leads to very low calorie diets and really um, making choices and decisions in your day-to-day -day life that that you may not normally choose just because your goal is to lose weight the quickest because that's what everybody's told you you need to do 
and being able to shift away from that into a place of you know how can I nurture my body how can I give myself the most energy and help myself feel the best way and give myself food that is going to make me feel good and move my body in a way that feels good and find stress reduction techniques that are going to help me feel calmer and more relaxed like all of those things once those are your goals rather than lose weight in the quickest way possible then it alters the choices you're making on a daily basis and it alters the way that you are you know you are communicating with your body and you're telling your body it's safe it's safe for me here I don't need to fast I don't need to lose weight it's not like a starvation situation here where there's not enough resources we're safe we're being nourished we are finding joy we are finding calm peace safety and all of those signals are going to be so important to your body um, when you're you know on this path Mm, gosh I can just see the difference there between you know it's so emotional isn't it it's such mm-hmm. a mindset issue both what we eat and also like you say how we exercise how we move our bodies and if it is just being presented to us in this clinical way of you need to get to x bmi by a certain mm-hmm. date to access treatment or whatever the you know they are being told yeah um yeah immediately and, and i'm sure it's also happens in clinics where information is given about say weight watchers or something else other dieting programs are available we're not saying anything about particular (laughs) particular dieting approaches but you know the calorie counting and the the whatever you know that kind of traditional approach that I think is is widely known not to work now however it still exists out there Mm -hmm. um but it, it isn't taking into account the relationship with food the history the meaning and the extra meaning that's being added to it here, isn't it? You know, so yeah. it can be very, I love the way you said about nurturing your body, you know, and, and when we're trying to conceive, um, that's what food and exercise and our thoughts and everything is really about, isn't it? Is nurturing mm. and supporting ourselves. I remember being given um, advice by my acupuncturist. So probably very in line with how you think as well, Nicola. Um, but when I was trying to conceive about what I was eating and how she wanted me to, switch it up a little bit and and nurture my body more and it was a really lovely way to talk about it because Mm. she was talking about the foods and and all the properties they had and how they would support my body and support my cells and my particular you know Chinese assessment and so on Mm -hmm. and it just felt good to Mm. to take those steps um yeah and it's not about depletion or being strict or making things difficult but, but actually enjoying the process and and even I'm wondering even having the opportunity to start a new relationship with the way we eat and the way we move, you know, do you, do you see that outcomes possible for for people on a fertility journey when they're facing this apparent barrier that actually it can turn around to something quite, you know, amazing that can happen or am I leaping Mm. too far ahead here? (laughs) No, absolutely. I think, you know, it is definitely an opportunity for you to be able to reassess like, your relationship with food and your relationship with your body and really think about um, how you want that to look and also what you want to pass on to your children because for so many of us the way that we think about our bodies and food comes from like our mothers our parents our grandparents you know it's passed down this line of of how we should view our bodies and how we talk about our bodies and how we talk about food as good foods and bad foods and you know all this very binary approach and we can break that chain and by doing that work now we can pass on to our children a better relationship with our bodies and how we talk about our bodies and a better you know more neutral relationship and joyful relationship with food so it's a really valuable opportunity to be able to to do that at this point 
I think there are there are many opportunities like this, aren't there, on mm. the fertility journey that sometimes we only see with hindsight, you know, the, the yeah. other side. But often we do recognise when we're in the midst of it, when we start to see our thoughts change, especially if we're working with a coach or someone, you know, who's guiding us through that process. And we start mm. to learn more about ourselves and recognise our history and how that's contributed. And like you say, then just make those decisions. Like, is this something I want to carry on then through my family line and continue this or am I ready to heal something or change something and um yeah it's it's quite an unexpected gift you could mm. say or empowering aspect of a fertility journey isn't it and and quite confronting though at first you know it's it's getting that balance isn't it absolutely and it's you know it's obviously not something we would wish on anybody but mm. it's yeah there is definitely opportunities for healing if people feel that that is something that they want to pursue and it's you know it's hard like people should not have to go through these hurdles you know folks in bigger bodies shouldn't have to advocate and push for treatment that folks in smaller bodies get but it's you build up a resilience and you build up a whole set of tools to support you, which you can use throughout your life. And it helps you to create a better quality of life because of the tools that you've had to choose and find and, and work hard for to navigate. How are things looking generally? I mean, we're talking to global audience here as mm. always when we do anything online. So it's hard to say specifically, I'm sure, but you know, are you seeing things changing in clinics? Are, are people having more supportive conversations? Are any supporting patients with higher BMIs? What, what's happening on the ground? Absolutely. I mean, it's because of the, the way the world is right now, um, it's really difficult to see. But before the, before the pandemic, things were looking more positive. There were definitely more clinics starting to pop up that were supporting folks of all bodies. Um, who are really inclusive and really like aware of the latest research and really open to exploring how we support folks of all sizes. Um, unfortunately, the pandemic has led to more kind of weight stigma, so more um, anti-fat ideas, especially because of the whole conversation around COVID impacting folks in bigger bodies at a higher rate, which is completely, yeah, not very good science but um, it's led to a lot of clinics becoming more conservative again, reducing BMI limits, which is really frustrating. But hopefully over time, we'll be able to reverse that again and hopefully create, again, more inclusive environments for folks of all bodies in all areas of the world to be able to access that care. And there's so much that can be done kind of on a personal mm. level, isn't there, before, mm. before that change takes place, because we may not, you know, all live to see that change, who knows when it will come properly. But yeah, but yeah, this, if, if we start the support from within, gather the support from others around us, I guess it's not always easy to find other people who can really relate to, to the particular journey that you're on, just like anyone on a fertility mm. journey. It's tough, isn't it, looking out there and thinking, who understands me and who's going to be by my side? And and be my advocate and my cheerleader you know it's not always easy to to get your kind of gang around you as it's supporting you again no and again going yeah. online can help I know <laughs> but for folks in bigger bodies again they can feel often that they don't want to talk about it even more mm. than folks in general infertility because they are afraid of what other people are going to say that they're just going to say well have you tried this diet or my friends partners husband wife did this diet and this really worked for them like there is that's because of the judgment and shame in our culture in general 
it's even harder for folks to start talking about this. So finding other people and you're not alone. Like there are so many other people out there who are also navigating this. So yeah, finding those people can be a real source of support. Mm. Gosh, it takes strength, doesn't it? I can imagine mm. those conversations, you know, and just constantly getting unsolicited advice and, mm-hmm. you know, well, why don't you try this and that? And just seeing it in that very direct way of, well, if this is what you've been told, then this is how you, you should lose weight. And I'm going to, you know, <laughs> give yeah. you advice whether you want it or not and how Absolutely. how demoralizing that is. So we have to have real strength, don't we, when we're facing mm-hmm. anything like that, where we we really take ownership of it and actually, I know what I'm doing. I know my approach this is why it feels like the best approach for me and I can filter out then you know any unsolicited advice that isn't helpful rather Mm -hmm. than it sending us off you know down multiple rabbit holes looking at different solutions that that might just not be right for us so I know your support Nicola is like that that light in a storm isn't it you know (laughs) it's that that person who does understand and you're speaking up and it's been wonderful actually in the years that I've known you seeing you become more visible more vocal mm. you know not at all apologetic at all you know this is what who I'm here for and this is yeah. why um and that's why I really wanted to speak to you both here on this on the podcast but in the summit next week as well um to just show people that there is there is support there you know you really aren't alone um and I know you have a book as well Nicola I'm just thinking that that kind of access to a voice you know, mm-hmm. reading a book of, of someone who totally gets how you're feeling, who can speak to the thoughts in your head, um, starts to build up that that self-knowledge, doesn't it? That that yeah. confidence in ourselves and our decisions and our actions. It's just knowing that you're not alone and knowing that people have done it before you. And therefore, that almost gives you that little bit of extra strength to know that you can go through it, too. Mm, definitely yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit about the support you offer as well because I think we know that you're there now you're an advocate (laughs) and you you absolutely you know um other voice there that people aren't alone they can seek you out for sure but what kind of tools and modalities can we bring in you know I know you started with Chinese medicine and acupuncture Mm. and you've moved into the coaching and the EFT tapping which is what we you know connect on as well and we'll be speaking about at the summit too um but yeah how do these tools then help support what's your approach in in clinic with 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 somebody yeah so I mean there's the way that I like to see it is from kind of a completely holistic approach so we have four different pillars in the work that I do so a lot of it is around like supporting your body which is what we use the tapping for you know like that stress reduction and helping people manage their emotions but also around relationship with food relationship with body moving in ways that feel good Um, I do a lot of work on advocacy with folks as well to give them the tools and the research to be able to have difficult conversations with their doctors um, around accessing support, accessing tests, treatment, care. Um, and then also kind of, again, looking at that relationship with our body and with um, food and really rebuilding that trust that we may have lost throughout our troubled relationships with bodies over our lives. Um, and then finally, around the mindset stuff, absolutely is pivotal to my work as well. Because as soon as someone starts to believe that they are worthy of being able to access this care and support to grow their family, then that just gives them that power and that um, energy to be able to start to 
make choices around their health if that's something they choose or to go and see that doctor or to find another doctor who's going to support them better and without that belief that you are worthy of getting the best possible care then it can be hard to to get the motivation and to get started and to get um to find that care out there Mm, yeah I've got I mean we know that that mindset the thoughts that we have the conversation we're having in our head in the midst of stuff going on it makes such a difference doesn't mm-hmm. it as to to yeah whether we have the energy and the strength and the clarity of mind to even you know think outside the box and do things differently and, and trust our intuition because when we're overloaded by yeah other people's advice or news newspaper headlines or whatever else it is that's you know crowding in on us it's mm. really hard isn't it to tap mm-hmm. into that but yeah the mindset work can can free that up massively and of course that's what we we touched on and we we dived into really and did it together yeah. in the, the summit didn't we um, it was brilliant yeah so we've already recorded that session but it's yet to be out in the world which will be week starting on the the first of Feb at the fertility stress solution summit um, we got together and we had a conversation, which was wonderful. Um, but then importantly, we did some tapping to be mm-hmm. able to start recognizing those thoughts, um, those beliefs, and then start, you know, releasing them and, and working through them and beyond them and seeing what else is possible. So could you tell us a little bit about, well, first of all, I'd like to know, Nicola, why did you accept my invitation? You know, I sent out this invitation with this new idea that I had that I've never done before which was to create an online event purely about EFT use and its use in the fertility world for fertility support and you of course came to mind because I knew the work you're doing plus you know you, you love EFT as much as I do so what what made you want to get involved with this do you see EFT as important as I do what role does it play for you? So obviously, as soon as I saw it was your name on the email, Sarah, I was like, this is going to be amazing. So, of course, oh, I have to be involved. I love that trust. <laughs> <laughs> Thank it you. was a no brainer. But yeah, I mean, EFT has been such a foundational piece for my own journey in supporting myself and with my own relationship with my body and food. It's just really helped me navigate things in a much clearer way. I love to the way you described it earlier you know that clarity of mind Mm. and it has just been such a huge tool of support for me and what I find about it that I love so much is it's so accessible to people it's so easy to learn and it's so easy to implement into your day-to-day life I just yeah I think it's foundational I think it should be taught in schools I think every human should have the ability just to be able to use that and just you know, what a world we, that would be if, if every person had that capability to be able to manage their emotions and stress levels in that way through EFT. It really would. And it is such a simple technique mm. that's easy and quick to learn that is completely free of charge to continue using by yourself and, yes. you know, and accessible anytime. And I, I know speaking from pe- to people before, even just the knowledge once you've used a technique like EFT and and seeing the results and knowing then that you have it by your side whenever you need it mm. immediately brings its own benefits you know that we go into situations feeling less anxious and and less worried of you know anx- anxiety about the anxiety isn't it often you know how Absolutely. am I going to feel like you say when you prepare for appointments you know you might have difficult conversations to have if you know you have tools and support by your side then you can go in, you know, feeling quite safe and supported and knowing that you can face absolutely anything because you've mm. got this tool to, to bring out your strength, your clarity, to give you your voice back. You know, it does so, so much. So we did some tapping together, which 
as all the sessions in the summit are, they're all very practical that you can tap along and you can actually get involved with them and, and get some shifts straight away. So tell us a bit about what we worked on together, Nicola, and what people can expect when they attend your session. So we really looked at the beliefs that a lot of folks face when they when they're in a bigger body and want to get pregnant, some of mm. those like self-doubting thoughts and some of those um, just feelings of, of discomfort or hatred or loathing or, you know, blame and shame that you have around your body because those things are so common and they don't need to be there. We don't have to feel that way about our bodies. And by lightening some of that load, it just gives you more energy and mental headspace, which you can use for way more exciting interesting things and yeah just also help you navigate this this journey with more ease and 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 yeah just feel feel better in your body because that's absolutely what you deserve to do mm. and a lot of the conversations in this this summit week talk around like the stages of EFT and and how it can guide us through quite a process really and it's not just going straight in and, and dissolving the beliefs but mm. it's first of all it's recognizing that they're there at all isn't it you know and listening yes. to our self-talk and going actually that is a belief I've got it's not necessarily true it doesn't have to stay there and I do have ownership over this you know so it's that acknowledgement and awareness first of all isn't it mm. then bringing it to the session which you so you know beautifully guide us through and, and help people give language and give words to their beliefs and then the action of the tapping which is all on the meridian points just like you use an acupuncture as mm -hmm. well is then rebalancing our energetic reaction our mind body reaction to that belief and if we can be balanced while we voice a belief then we can decide whether it's true or false if it's needed or not if it's supportive or not um, and what makes me it's interesting isn't it when you see people's reactions when they tap on beliefs because at first mm -hmm. it's very intense and, and quite yeah. emotional and quite serious and you know this is me and this is what I identify with and it's what I've been telling myself my whole life or whatever and then as they start to tap and and you see their their voice kind of change and their relationship to the words change and even laughter comes in sometimes mm -hmm. when people think actually that's a really ridiculous belief <laughs> and I can't <laughs> believe that I've been saying that to myself for so long and you know, perhaps someone said it to me once when I was a child or whatever, and it really mm. took root. But now I can look at it, you know, with all my years of experience and living my life now and and know that this is just laughable. It's, it's not needed. I can I can release it. So it's it's fascinating, isn't it, to see that kind of transition through the stages of tapping? Yeah, I mean, my favorite is when people are like, no, I don't I don't think I really did believe that, did I? Like it almost yeah, goes you have to, to remind that point. them. Yeah. <laughs> where they're like no I can't I don't possibly believe I thought that anymore <laughs> yeah yeah isn't that interesting and then it's so easy to stay in that new place mm. because it's the natural healthy supportive place to be you know there's no kind of um positive affirmations that we're trying to drill into our brains or anything with EFT is there we're not trying to train our mind to think in a certain way that might feel difficult we're actually just releasing what we don't need mm. and what we've been carrying around as like heavy baggage for so long so that we can tap back into actually what's our our way of thinking you know if I if I were a clean slate again what would that look like and and what would I choose to think in this situation it just comes through naturally doesn't it and and it's lovely to see people find their own empowering thoughts their own ways to look at themselves and their situation um that give them everything they need moving mm. forward it's it's wonderful no matter what you come up against yeah whatever opinions people say or you know medical appointments you have anything that happens that 
doesn't resonate and that you know isn't needed it's it's like you've got a protective bubble around you and it can just mm. bounce off again <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, it's like the it's... duck's feathers isn't it just the water yeah. like just whoosh right off yeah it. yeah that resilience and that that knowledge of ourselves as well is so important mm. oh thank you for not only being with me here on the podcast today which is an absolute delight but also giving the extra time to the summit as well because yeah they're, they're really special sessions where we can talk but we also obviously tap and and really dive into something that's useful so thank you for joining me there Nicola um as well as the summit which I'll give the website for in a second um how else can people connect with you directly and your book and all the support you have on offer so everything's on my website, which is nicolasalmon.co.uk. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Fat Positive Fertility. And my book is available on Amazon and it's called Fat and Fertile. So that's a great place to get started. Perfect. Wonderful. And to speak, and sorry to hear Nicola and I speak at the summit and all the other wonderful sessions that we have there. Um, you just need to go to fertilemindset.com slash fertility stress solution. So thank you so much, Nicola, for joining me today. It's been a real, real pleasure. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been such a joy. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, and me too. It's, it's always mutual ever since that day we met at the Fertility <laughs> Show in London. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, years it was just ago. A, a chance meeting, wasn't it? And yeah, I love the work that you're doing. So thank you for being there. Thank you. I'm so pleased you're listening to the Fertile Mindset podcast and now I would love to invite you to join us in the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary. The Sanctuary is my fertility support membership which is focused on taking care of you and helping you enjoy your life while you wait for your baby. In the Sanctuary, I'll guide you through using an amazing technique called EFT or tapping and you'll soon be feeling less stressed and more joyful. If you're not already in the Sanctuary, do come and join us today because the best time to start receiving support on your fertility journey is always right now. Honestly, it makes such a difference to have good quality emotional support and techniques that you can pick up and use yourself whenever you need them. Go to fertilemindset.com slash sanctuary to join us today. I look forward to hopefully seeing you there and at the next episode of the Fertile Mindset Podcast.